Good morning. My name is Amelia and I'm the Children's Program or River Kids Director here at the River. Welcome to our virtual service. I'm so glad that you could join us. In the last few weeks, we have been listening to the Advent series. What it means that Jesus saves. How does his promise in the fullness of life flow into our lives? So today, I want to share my own experience of how God saves me and take a closer look at a Bible story about how trusting God in hard times can help us experiencing greater peace, joy, love, and hope. The pandemic is an unprecedented event, one that undoubtedly changed people's lives everywhere, and for some, quite dramatically. Furthermore, after more than eight months into this, we have yet to see the end of it. The pandemic has dragged on longer than anyone could have expected. For many people, the quarantine, the loss of jobs, routines, and social connections could feel like an exile. The book of Jeremiah talks about the exile, the exile of Israelites to Babylon. It talks about how the attack on Jerusalem did not only kill a lot of people, but destroyed homes, broke down the city walls, and burned down their temple, their tabernacle, the dwelling place of God, where the Israelites went to meet with God. Everything that the Israelites held dear and sacred, their ideals and their identity seemed to have been utterly destroyed. And for many people, the pandemic did turn their life upside down. And when something tragic happened to our lives, one of the first things we lost is trust. Recently, something big and undesirable happened to me, where I felt like I have just lost one of my most valuable treasures in life. I felt as if my life was not going to the direction that I desired, planned, and worked very hard for. Just like the Israelites, my trust in God was diminishing. My relationship with him was changing. For many years, I understood the exile story as a cautionary story to align myself with God if I do not want harmful things to happen to me. But these verses reveal something quite differently now. In his letter to the exiles, Jeremiah the prophet wrote, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. 
find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there, do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Great passage, isn't it? Very hopeful. But I can't help to wonder, after losing everything, could the Israelites have really trusted this hopeful message? Would it have been easy for them to trust that there is a future for them, filled with prosperity? It was not easy for me to trust God during this difficult season of my life. In fact, I realized that probably I never really trusted God wholly. I was trusting that certain things would not happen to me if I was faithful, obedient, or work really hard at things. I was holding on to my own ideals and expectations. So when something uh, unexpected uh, happened to my life, I was quick to be dismayed and angry. I spent some time resenting God, people, and myself. I felt very much like an exile. Scottish philosopher John McMurray explained the difference between what he called the real religion and illusory religion. Illusory religion will tell you, fear not. Trust in God, and He will see that none of the things you fear will happen to you. While real religion will say, Fear not, the things that you are afraid of are quite likely to happen to you, but they are nothing to be afraid of. This difficult season has been a long one for me. But slowly, maybe out of desperation, I began realizing that God is all I've really got. And I began noticing uh, that He was always with me in the little things and the big ones. He was the one constant in my life. Just like the exile happened, not because God had abandoned the Israelites. Hard times happen not because God has abandoned me or you. In fact, God continued to stay with the Israelites and work with them. God wanted them to prosper, even in exile. God wants me and you to prosper, even in the midst of hard times. Trusting in God is not about believing in 
a certain outcome. But trusting that God will be with you wherever you go. And this type of trust takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of intentionality to calm our own noises down and begin noticing God in your life. To start seeing things differently and believing that God is working with you. But as you are more focused in Him, on Him and His presence, rather than your own desires and situation, this shift of trust will happen and you will begin to feel more liberated. You will have more space to make good choices. John McMurray further said, real trust is not an aspirin, but transformational. So, although I'm still not quite sure about the end of my season, my relationship with God has evolved and is evolving. Hard times become opportunities to connect with God and to live a life that is genuinely me, someone whom God created to be. And this is the fullness of life, even in the midst of hard times, to be truly connected to Him who is the source of all joy, peace, love, and hope. At the river, we often include some practical suggestions with our sermon. So I want to share with you one practice that did help me get through my exile. And that is to pray using my imagination, or as we call it at River Kids, imaginative prayer. At River Kids, we invite uh, the children to imagine themselves in the story of the Bible. They become participants in the story and live into it with all their senses and imagination. This practice was inspired by Saint Ignatius of Loyola, the founder of the Jesuits movement. So it is a method of contemplation that has been in practice uh, for over 500 years. The Jesuits believe that God is active, personal, and above all, present to us all. God can speak to us as surely through our imagination as through our thoughts and memories. Now, I'm not suggesting that everything we imagine comes from God. But I believe that imagination is a special gift and God can really use it to speak to us. And just like God, our imagination is always with us. Now, some people may find imaginative, imaginative prayer difficult because it's not simply about uh, remembering or going back in time. Yet, you may have some intuition 
or feelings about the situation. So, in the spirit of generosity, pray as you are able. Don't try to force it. Rest assured that God will speak to you, whether through your memory, understanding, intellect, emotions, or imaginations. When it was time for me to make some hard decisions, I spent many days praying over it. And in my imagination, I saw Jesus. Oftentimes, my imagination takes me to this particular spot in Astoria Park. It is a grassy area by the East River facing Manhattan. In my prayer, Jesus did not give me a direct answer to my question or which decision I should make. He did, however, answer me with his presence and a sense of security that seemed to say, there are no mistakes, just go with me. And really, if God is with me, does it really matter what I do or where I am? Because of his presence, the fullness of life is accessible to me anywhere and anytime. Thank you. Thank you.